Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to The Daily Break. I'm Andrew Tallman. Here's what's happening today at Newsweek. Julian Assange. That's right. Julian Assange, the founder and editor-in-chief of WikiLeaks, is back in legal news because a British court has ruled that he can be extradited to the United States. And he is wanted in the United States on 18 criminal charges, all related to the disclosure and publication of classified military documents, over 400,000 reports from the field that Chelsea, now then Bradley Manning, released to WikiLeaks through their whistleblower slash open information portal that was supposed to be anonymous, but of course ultimately wound up in the identification of Manning, who was subsequently convicted by court-martial in 2013, served a few years before having uh, the the, uh, sentence being commuted. But back to Assange, if you haven't been following all of the details, he was removed from, dragged out of, the Ecuadorian embassy in London where he had taken refuge three years ago and been waiting for this hearing in order to figure out whether he could be extradited back to the United States where he faces charges that could be worth up to 175 years in prison if convicted on espionage. So now it's essentially going to be in the hands of British Home Secretary Priti Patel who has to decide whether to extradite him back or not. Of course, his lawyers have an opportunity to make submissions on his behalf to try to stop the move. So after all of these years, will Julian Assange, the WikiLeaks creator, wind up finally in an American courtroom and potentially in an American jail? No one knows. All I can say is I think everybody, to some degree or another, appreciates WikiLeaks. Maybe not every instance of what they do, but the basic concept of it, you know, publishing the stuff that other people want to keep private that really affects the way we see the world and the operations of governments and businesses within it. And it seems kind of weird for an organization dedicated to open information that the founder might wind up being in jail for an awfully long time based on what the courts decide related to his charges of potential espionage. Okay. Brace yourself, because I'm about to give you terrible news. Netflix lost 200,000 customers over the course of the first quarter of 2022 during a period where they had projected gaining 2.5 million accounts. And it's expected to lose about 2 million more over the second quarter. Yeah, they're facing challenges from all the competitor sources like Paramount+, Plus, Peacock, Apple TV+, HBO Max, Disney+, Amazon Prime, Hulu. Everybody's competing with Netflix, right? A lot of this was obscured, though, you know, their kind of dwindling market penetration or dominance uh, was concealed during COVID because everybody's doing great during COVID because everybody was at home watching videos. Also, in the first quarter of this year, we had the invasion of Ukraine and with the loss of 700,000 accounts just due to the fact that they're no longer participating in Russia because that's part of the overall boycott of Russia. You've got some real problems for Netflix. In fact, their shares have dropped about 25% since the news, down 40% just this year. And when a company like Netflix is thinking about how to make more money, what do you think they're going to do? Well, this is where I have very, very bad news for you. If you're the kind of family that likes to share passwords with somebody else, you know, three, four, five different households all operating on one account, Netflix is looking at ways to cut down on that or prevent it entirely. I felt a great disturbance in the force, as if millions of voices suddenly cried out in terror and were suddenly silenced. I fear something terrible has happened. 
Well, not quite yet, my young Padawan, but possibly soon. Yeah, they've been testing out versions of limiting access to the shared account system in Peru, Costa Rica, and Chile. Uh, Not clear exactly what they're going to do to confront the issue globally. In the United States and Canada, it's about 30 million households that live off of a shared password. Uh, Globally, that number is about 100 million. And of course, they recognize this means people like the service. They just aren't willing to pay full freight for it. You know, the old theory was, I'll let them do it, they're going to do it anyway, or let them do it, maybe they'll get hooked and want to get their own account. It's kind of a loss leader approach to generating uh, participation in the, in the service. But that's just one of the changes that they're considering. At this point, kind of all things go in an effort to save the revenue stream. Another proposal, of course, raising rates, always a possibility. They've done it before, they could do it again. And the one that is both the most intriguing and the scariest is they might create a one- and two-tiered system, the current tier for people who pay the regular price, and then perhaps a lower tier for people who are willing to endure, insert shutters, advertising. Yeah, it's not clear whether the ads would be in the middle, like a television program, or at the beginning, like YouTube, God forbid. But, you know, that's one of the possibilities. Ads on Netflix? Really? (laughs) It's not exactly the kind of thing that people are looking forward to. So I give you fair warning. Changes may be coming to Netflix if you're the kind of household that shares a password. I'm talking to you, college kids, and older people, and middle-aged people, and pretty much, well, you know, about a tenth of the United States. And finally, in the really important science slash remember that I'm 14 inside file, NASA is talking about spending $4.2 billion in order to send a giant probe to Uranus. I said it one time maybe one more time later, uh, in the early 2030s. The whole purpose of this mission would be to get an up-close personal look at the planet the first time we'd been able to do that since the Voyager 2 probe went around it in 1986. Now, that probe actually got all kinds of information, including it discovered 10 new moons. We now think there are about 27 of them. But there's all kinds of issues related to Uranus that we just don't understand. How would a planet that size get formed? We think we know how bigger planets and smaller ones like Earth would form, but how would that one form? Why does it rotate on its side? You know, the planet is actually, the poles are faced directly at and away from the sun, at least some of the time, whereas ours are upright on Earth. That means as it rotates around its axis every 17 hours and then revolves around the sun every 84 years, wrap your brain around that, it spends about 20 years in total light on one side of the planet and total dark on the other side, and then a kind of a mixed while it's on the side, and then another 20 years totally reversed. How does that work? It's not really a good destination for us to send anything down to the surface. You have temperatures up to 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit. I mean, it's got methane and water and ammonia and... We don't really know. I mean, there's kinds of crazy stuff going on on the surface. And it's also going to have winds as high as 560 miles per hour. So not a very hospitable environment for us to land anything on, if we could even imagine trying to land something there. But there are all kinds of questions. Things like, why is it the color that it is? The going theory about that is that it's a byproduct of the fact that there's a giant cloud of methane around Uranus that changes the color that normally would have the red light gets absorbed from the sun and then blue light is what's reflected back so that we can see it. You have questions about the moons, so many of them, how were they formed? They all seem very different. Plus, there's actually a couple of rings around Uranus that, you know, we don't really see as easily as we see like the Saturn rings, but they're there and we'd like to understand how they work. So all kinds of things could be discovered if we go there. And if the four and a half billion dollar project doesn't really pan out, That's okay. We'll probably get a Star Trek movie out of it in a couple hundred years. Feature 
That's it for the Daily Break. Be sure to head over to Newsweek.com for these stories and more, including our growing podcast lineup. And consider subscribing to the digital and print editions of Newsweek if you haven't already. And hit that five-star rating while you're here. It lets my wife feel proud of the work her husband's doing, especially after that last story. I'm Andrew Tallman. Thanks for listening to The Daily Break, brought to you by Newsweek.